Hi, I haven't been onto this thing yet, so I thought I'd join you today. It's about time. We've been talking about you every episode about how you look, just don't look, make it. <laughs> I have I have a new boom, and it's got an on-air light. <gasps> oh, man. Oh, wow. It's the light that says, don't, don't fart wait, now. Wait. On-air lights are colors. supposed to be red. Yeah. Well, Hang on, yeah. I gotta, I gotta turn some ambient light down. Look orangey, Weird. red at all. It looks red to me. It's too bright for your camera. I guess it is too bright. Well, look, you see it when it reflects off my thumb. It is definitely red. Yeah, I can see it. That's like a lightsaber blue. In, in a beautiful. So there it is. When are we going That's, live? What's on? Yeah, I think we should. Whenever Ready? we feel like it, I guess. All Let's right, do give it. Give me a moment. Gotta go easy on me because I'm a rookie. Are you you know what's sad is I had to have Kayla tell me what Yeezy even meant. So I had no idea. Yeezy. You having a generational problem, Derek? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I should just ask my twelve-year-old. She probably knows. I hate it when I. Well, I do that with my twenty-one-year-old. I every time I have like a wording thing that's like millennial generational, I just like call her up. I go, "What is this do?" Because you know, Jason knows Emma. She's like pretty smart kid. She's great. If it wasn't for back. her. I don't know that I'd be here. <laughs> I, I was. I, we used Discord, and my kids came downstairs, and they saw that we were using Discord. And I'm like, "Oh, come and check it out!" Like Discord's where we use in all our games. I'm like, "Look at the size of this room and all these people." And they're like, eh, "It's kind of small." <laughs> <laughs> I know my my son did the same thing. He's like, "Yeah, that's that's all right." I'm like, "Oh." Yeah. Yeah, you get like But these people, they have jobs. <laughs> right. That that would be the classic middle aged dad comment. Yeah. We got a cast of thousands today. That's it's fantastic. So yeah, we, we get like three hundred viewers. We're like, Yeah, we're doing great. And like that's like not even that's like a bad day on one of these Twitch streams. They have like fifty thousand <laughs> people watching it, somebody play a video it's game. Not, it's not even a bad day, it's broken. Yeah, it's like it's like I'm just starting. This is my first day, guys. This is my first stream. I really appreciate you, 300 people showing my, up. <laughs> my son is streaming, playing Minecraft up now upstairs right now, and I'm pretty sure he has more people than we have just That's by playing so Minecraft. Sad. I still just don't understand the watching video game people play video games thing. I just don't get it. I never will. That's another uh, age generational thing. Like I just like one thing. If you can't figure out how to get past a level or something, you look at a walkthrough. Okay, I get it, right? But just watching people play video games on youtube i just it's yeah, like I'm watching not, football on tv thing. why do people watch yeah. this yeah don't get it's that. not even remotely the same thing it, so, it's just yeah, watching I, somebody I, else do something same it's the same yeah, thing yeah they are good it's not like they're all just like ah oh, my first time playing the game no they're like killing people left and right like yeah. <laughs> i do watch people like, play overwatch just because i want to get better at it right well, okay. I, I get that point yeah so okay. I, I watch pros. Yeah. Fair. I mean, I I can take it. Like I I play my fair my fair share of first person shooters, right? I feel like I'm halfway decent, right? Like I can actually kill people occasionally. Why would know, anyone I show don't. up to a Black Hills webcast to watch us do hacking? Yeah, that's that's you know that's it's funny. We have these like we we, we do point. the news and it's like 300, and then the webcasts get like you know 1,700 people. <laughs> and it's weird how you get jaded <laughs> over time because I remember when I started BHIS. I think my first one that I ever did, I think I got like 10 former students and I was so ecstatic and I actually got a gig off those 10 former students. They're still a customer to this day, as a matter of fact. 
And uh, I was so excited. So these things start small, right? And that's okay. All right, let's do the news. <laughs> let's do the news. Let's do the news. Are All we ready? Hit the We're music. Ready. All right. Got it. Oh, wow. We even have music? Ooh. Oh, yeah. We do. All right, everybody, welcome to Black Hills Information Security, talking about news. We have a massive group of BHIS people here today. As always, we have Banjo Crashland. We have Derek Banks. We have Joff. We have Hello. Ralph. We have The Shootist. And we have Mubix is on as well. So thank you very much for joining, everybody. Greatly appreciate it. And then we also have a handful of people watching live. Well, people on Twitch streams playing video games point and laugh at us so at the end of the show we're going to be switching it so we're just going to play eve online and swear and, and that's how we're going to build our audience so the first story that i wanted to talk about today is a bit different one of the things i've been studying a lot at like two o'clock in the morning for some odd reason Good is time. how information security is moving in ways that i think a lot of people in the industry don't get one of those ways we were we were joking about video games there's entire security issues associated with video games. I joked about EVE Online. There was a great situation where somebody stole like hundreds of thousands of real dollars from people on EVE Online because they basically said that they were a bank. They were a bank for a long period of time, and they just put, took everyone's money and went yoink. There's the classic situation in World of Warcraft where they went and they fought this dragon in a cave. And you know, if you're at a certain level, you can survive some of the diseases that it gives you. But one of the diseases it gives to your party, and it spreads through your entire party and makes you very ill, someone went into the cave with a dragon, got the disease, immediately teleported to the middle of a population center, and the disease spread through the entire population center, killing everyone in the city. So these are weird security things. It's not like, well, they're missing a password or an entrance at the password to SolarWinds123. But this is one that I see sh show up again and again and again, the security around commerce. So apparently there's these bots that'll crawl a website and wait for something to come up for sale. And I'm glad Ralph's on because I'm sure Ralph has dealt with this with video cards at oh, some point. Um, you built a bot to get your video cards. Mm -hmm. And then here uh, with, with uh, shoes, shoes is a huge, monstrous industry. And there's certain shoes that are incredibly rare. They're very hard to get. They're very expensive. You can buy them and then resell them. And this threat post article was talking about, you know, what are some things that people can do to try to defend against this? And honestly, I'd be willing to bet if you talk to like nine out of 10 security professionals, we wouldn't even consider this to be an issue. So I just kind of wanted to open up the forum to people, you know, kind of these non-standard security things that are absolutely things companies should be looking at that we tend to ignore because they're not legacy. So anyone, anyone, I, I like Ralph to talk about the trials and tribulations of buying video cards because that's very similar. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's a pretty wild market out there for anyone who uh, is into gaming or just wants to buy a video card. But yes, they're, the, bot, the bot army is intense, right? And uh, there's actually big money in it. People making bots and trying to bypass the protections in place. And, uh, you know, it's a whole ecosystem where, you know, the the winners but there's there's money to be made i mean people are reselling some of these items in this case it was these sneakers but in graphics cards like three times the amount that uh you know they pay for them so it's worth it to build and design these bots to go you know find these graphics cards so i mean it's it's an arms race so to me this isn't a business problem 
Yeah, it sounds like capitalism to me. I mean, yeah. That's a great question. So there's a... Is it? So so, one of the problems for these companies, having talked to a couple of them, is they are definitely worried about brand issues. So mm -hmm. if, if you basically are selling a widget and then immediately that widget is being scalped online and no one else can get it and the markup is 3,000%, it does a number of things to your brand reputation. None of them good, actually. So there's, there's, there's a lot of effort to try to contain this so they can control it. There's also a lot of social engineering, believe it or not, because whenever they announce these shoes, that's one thing. But when the shoes go live, these bots have to be firing at a time to be able to grab these shoes right away. So they, they actually have, I'm not kidding, one company we were working with, they had people that were calling in, socially engineering, trying to get the release date moment when a certain shoe would be on. And then they even had a situation where people were spear phishing with malware to gain access to people's computer systems wow. so that they could get the date and time of when certain shoes were being released as well. That, so that it's weird. Things. It does. So, oh, that changes things a lot, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I say it tongue-in-cheek, it, it sounds like capitalism. I, I, I really do think that it is a problem, but I agree with you that it, it's one of those periphery things that, you know, we don't necessarily a, a address because, you know, it's, it doesn't fit into, like, to, to what we generally focus on. I mean, I, I think a lot of things are like that. You know, as a pen tester, like, so I'm on a red team, there's an entire... Uh, computing environment that I'm just not able to touch. And that's everyone's mobile devices because it's BYOD. Mm. Like, I, I just, I can't do anything with them because it's just, how could it possibly be in scope in a BYOD situation? And it's just one of those things where it, 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 I worry about it. I mean, it's, I know it's not exactly like this, the bot issue with, uh, you know, and, and the shoes or graphics cards, no. or something, but it is a blind spot. And I worry about those kinds of things because what are you then not seeing? Right. It's, yeah. I think it's an issue. Well, and, and if you look at the video game stuff, I think that there's that convergence of, you know, where does actual financials enter into the world of the video game universe? Right. So like, you know, people will have like a, a particularly like amazing flaming pony that like fart skittles that if you get it in this game, it's really expensive. And then people can actually steal it or they can find a way to get this thing. It is actually a big deal. But you talk about mobile phones. I thought Rob was on. Did Rob jump off? I, yeah, he, he had to leave. Suddenly okay. disappeared. So. Well, Rob talks a lot about SMS where people can do SIM clothing, where they basically, as simple as calling up your phone provider and say, hey, you know, this is John Strand. I need to transfer my phone number. Drop my phone in the toilet, which totally has happened, by the way. And uh, by the way, it happened while I was in an airport. The whole long oh, story. Oh, that's the worst. It had was my ticket. Where you lost your wallet to, like, you know. Oh, yeah, right. So it's in my bag because I don't use the damn thing. But you know, calling up and saying Verizon, my name is John Strand. My 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 SIM card. I need to transfer it over to this device. And many times they'll do that. And once, just like Josh said, for many people, and I think for even employees at BHIS, your two-factor authentication is not a BHIS asset. Many times that is a personal device, and it's off limits for us to actually do those types of attacks. Yeah, and it was Derek that said that, but that's okay. Hey, you know what? I'm excited because I got my red light to look red on camera. That's, um, that's kind of, that was nothing to do with what we were just talking about. It's got um, a nice pink hue to it. Well, so, uh, I, I got two things. One is this used to happen all the time in the collectibles market, especially yeah. with like physical toys. So when I had my comic book store and things like that, you would we had these people that would go to Walmart and they would get tipped off. Like they would pay 50, 
hundred bucks to people that work in there. Like when's this coming in? What trucks are going to be on? And they would get in there and cherry pick all the variants and then immediately sell them for more. And then we, the people who didn't get their time, were just pissed. Well, and you would also get stuff more expensive too, right? Like you couldn't get, get it for the same cost or quantity of like a Walmart, right? Right. Yeah. We would have to pay more for it. So, so, so it, it, I was going to say that the only thing I think a company, you know, like, you know, with the, the sneaker company or the graphics card companies can do is, is to do something along the lines of like hiring hackers to go like people who are good at this kind of thing and then go try and find uh, ways to, to defeat it. And then like, you know, like Ralph said, the arms race type thing. I was just going to say, it is interesting though, because this has been going on for a long time, right? Like scalping and other things too. Mm-hmm. I think concert tickets were one that, you know, has also been one for a very long time because those obviously moved online. And then, you know, there's this like demand and this whole cycle for getting something that no one intended to go to, but just having it because there's a limited amount of seats made this, you know, artificial demand. But in this environment, what we're dealing with is that graphics card, for example, and stuff They used to like one method we would do to control that would be like, you have to buy it in stores. Okay. But with COVID and other stuff like that, we've pushed so much of this online that there's now, you know, race to hack into or, you know, get the, you know, the card before everyone else or figure some bypass is, you know, it has a financial incentive or motive, right? You know, so doing even further things to go into fishing and to, you know, anything right like that, it, it actually makes a monetary sense. I was going to make one more point. And it's the, you need someone that's evil on the team. Like you need someone that thinks of the worst case scenario and is inherently evil, but willing to do good things. I heard this really good talk on how they were trying to get soldiers to like, if you were going to attack this base, how would you attack it? And the soldiers like, well, we wouldn't like, no, but if you were, how would you? And you're like, well, we wouldn't, that would be like hurting our own people. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. But if you were, how would you do it? And like, uh-huh. and so you have to take someone who's like, okay, you're evil. How would you attack this? And they're like, oh yeah, I would like but you that, know, send this, I would that- do this. But that almost ends poorly. Like a lot of times like, so how would you attack this? And then you explain it to people and they look at you and they're just like, good God, oh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so, Why? I mean, I, Why? That Does anybody do. think that way? Yeah, that's <laughs> what we do for a but living. That's what we so. do for a living. I mean, I've described things to people who aren't in InfoSec before, like what I do as my job. And they're like, wait, that's legal? Like you can do that yeah disingenuous yeah so disingenuous and i like it yeah i love it when people like that shouldn't be legal at all that's (laughs) that sounds like you should be in jail but i I thought nvidia did something recently with the the graphics card market that's kind of neat yeah they were nerfing their cards right yeah so for for the miners that they're they're basically uh for they're gonna have mining cards and they're going to have gaming cards and they're stripping out all of the video features of the for the mining cards and then they're nerfing the hashing features on video cards so they're essentially branching off into two products now and it's going to be interesting really oh yeah i think it's really neat because i, I, I really want I, a new I video don't, card <laughs> i, think I don't smart, i don't I think care <laughs> i don't care about video games like I've got all these systems that are office with all these video cards and my kids hate it. They're like, do you play games on these? I'm like, no, why would I do that? Like, that's weird. (laughs) Wasn't there a related story to that though, that they had deliberately targeted the Ethereum uh, algorithm in one of the video side cards. And Ralph, you were talking about that, right? The nerfing? The what? uh, One of the video card manufacturers was nerfing. I think it was Ethereum mining, right? In their video cards? 
Well, I, I don't know if any of them were necessarily nerfed. I know what uh, Derek just brought up about NVIDIA changing the driver. So what they're going to do is actually a driver-side functionality uh, as opposed okay. to hardware-based. So it's not like they're going to remove you know, a chip inside there or change the, um, you know, the actual processor. They're just driver side, which is, it's going to be bypassable. Like there will be a hack to remove that yeah. from the drivers, but, but they are making hardware specific cards where they are removing a bunch yeah. of things. And also they're, re- they're not making them on the 30 series. They're making them on other series and they're probably going to tune some stuff with some power levels and stuff, optimizations. Right. So, you yeah, know, what's going to be awesome to- is how, how this is, this is going to totally ruin Christmas for some kids in the future. <laughs> It's like, Susie, here's your new video card. And it has, like, no video card. Like, there's no HDMI cord at all. It was cheap, though. It was like, I need a video card. Oh, what? You're going to take those those coins you mine, and you're going to put them into account, and you're going to pay for college. The related related story was hash limiting on on Ethereum. It it just seemed weird to me that they were, like, going after just one algorithm in in that particular story. So... It's a mining limiter. Huh. It was 10 days ago or so. That this uh, was, there's an engineer at the company that has a lot of Ethereum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's, what we, that's what we were thinking when I was, talk, I was talking about it with Security Weekly guys. And, and, and we were like, you know, there's, there's some insider action going on here somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was, there's, supposedly, there's, there's a lot of insider action, especially with like the initial rollout of some of these cards and like large swaths of them going to mining pools or to you know mining uh, operations and buying them in bulk kind of before gaming market got them yeah. you know you gotta also realize where they're being manufactured and also where a large amount of the mining is being conducted sure. so um you know there is some speculation around a lot of that and you know how it all operates but you know it's dollar dollar bills right so i mean yeah, even a, a, a graphics cards yeah a graphics card right now uh, i was just uh saying before the show started like you know just a simple 2080 which is last generation is profiting after electricity $150 a month right now. So it, it's it's a profitable endeavor. I started watching Trafficked on National Geographic, which is an incredible show. And I just picture 10 years from now, there's going to be an episode on graphics cards. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. So the next uh, story I want to talk about is far right, pl- uh, far right platform Gab has been hacked. So this seems to be a theme. And this leads into actually the next couple of kind of stories I wanted to talk about. There's a lot of stories just popping at a very high rate of these social media platforms getting hacked, right? We had Parler was hacked. That was a big deal. And this one was hacked. And then you had you know, through the years all the way back to like, what is what is the Ashley Madison? Is that it? The yeah, that uh, website it. Yeah, where you could... A- well, yeah, going yeah, back to that one, a far right one, but you know, <laughs> yeah. no, that one was not a far right one. Yeah, I'm just, you know, 90, do you know how many? Love. Do you know how many bots were on that site? There was like a whole thing. It was not how many bots. It was a whole yeah. ecosystem where people weren't actually talking to girls. It was just bots they were talking. <laughs> I loved oh. it whenever they talked about the bots talking to bots. Like they would actually start talking to each other and they, insane, so, so, insane conversations. So, so, so it seems like you've done a lot of research on this, Ralph. <laughs> no, I read a whole, I read a whole, I read a whole article on this, and they were talking about the hack because obviously I'd be yeah. interested in something like that. And they went into a lot of the details of like who were after they dove into the database, like who was actually in there, who were real people and stuff. It was it was wild. It was pretty interesting. Oh God. Do you guys remember right after that happened, like every time you would do recon, I want to say it was Punk Spider, (laughs) but there was a recon tool that every single time you ran it, it would like come back and be like, this is in the Ashley Madison dump. (laughs) No matter who it was. I'm pretty sure it was Punk Spider, but we actually, you know, we used to give the tool output to customers. 
And there was one, it was a bunch of Ashley Madison accounts. And then like every single user account in the environment had a Pornhub account. <laughs> and we completely ignored it in the report. I think this is one that Sally did and just didn't talk about it, right? But we gave the raw output to the customer and the customer was like, what the hell? How come you didn't talk about this? And we're like, I think there's a bug in the tool uh, at, that, at, that, at that situation. Um, I do, I no, do it was this. I, I do remember this. And somebody brought up, I, I think on the Google chat, they're like, is far right? I, I don't know. I don't know how they're pegging these social networking sites like Telegram and stuff. I, I don't know how they're basically saying there's a political <laughs> I mean, affiliation I, I of this particular why. tool. So go ahead. Why it's, well, I can tell you why it's considered far right. It's because they keep people to click on the article, right? Like it's the whole division in, in media and society. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, the Wired trying, article? Yeah. yeah, they're just trying to get people to click on it. Like I have no idea if Gab is what? far right or not, but like... What, what is Gab? What, like, yeah, exactly. Do do right? It's like a parlor or a Twitter. Yeah, it's, so like it's like where you Twitter, go where you like, on Twitter and then parlor yeah. goes away and then yeah. you go here. I mean, I, Telegram I and all those. I mean, I don't think my yeah. uh, my feelings on on big tech are any secret, but I mean, I, p- politics aside, I think the entire business model of surveillance capitalism is crap and we should do hey. away with it. But, but that's hey, a different we're story. Getting, we're getting damn close to politics last time we did that it was a train wreck <laughs> yeah well oh, no, let's I, not do that okay hey look i'm not talking about politics at all i'm talking about the uh the, the using ai to target ads to people without them really knowing what's happening with all of their data oh i agree yeah politics. i agreed with that like that's not what i'm saying that. but that model has become like so pervasive it's what our news is now right like you're getting news that's tailored to you by machine learning on the back end for you to click on an article so they can sell you something. This is what's happening. And I think it's, it's poison. And that's why that's the only reason I'm making the point that that's why they call it far right in the news, in the article and wire, because they want people to click on it so they can target ads to you. And I just clicked on it. Let's see what kind of ads I got. Oh, wait, you you guys. All right. So going back to Gab, let's go back to Gab. Did you guys read the CEO's response to? I didn't. I did not. I just saw the SQL. I saw the SQL injection attack was like the stupid, simple SQL injection attack. And that's what I want to get into here in a second. But what did the CEO say about the attack? And I'm just going to like, just go off the first couple words. And this is. Oh, no. Mentally ill <laughs> train oh, demon yeah. hackers. Yeah, yeah I'm that. very yeah. serious. <laughs> no, like, no reason to repeat just, it. <laughs> it was just over. It was yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. So, I also I like that we were aware of a vulnerability in this area and we patched it last week. Uh, we are also undertaking a full security audit now. Now you are. But but okay. So this gets into the next two articles that I brought up. We'll talk about Azure blobs here in a couple of seconds, and then also a tool that CyberArk has released. And I want to get you guys' opinion on this, because a lot of you have more exposure to the cloud and things like that than I do. It seems to me like it's getting really easy to throw services together, right? Cloud-based services. And it seems like it's getting really easy to shoot yourself in the foot from a security perspective. We're having It's kind of like this weird thing where you have more and more and more people developing IT with less and less security. It's kind of like... Uh, you, you know, back in the day, everyone's like, Linux was more secure than Windows. I don't think it was more secure than Windows. I just think that it was a pain in the ass to get anything installed on Linux. So there wasn't like a whole bunch of extra cruft that was installed that would burn you because you, you, you knew exactly 
what was running because you literally had to build it by freaking hand. Yeah. And I almost look at it like, like the infrastructure and all these services getting hacked with these really trivial vulnerabilities. It's so easy to build something and it's so easy to shoot yourself in the foot that there's no good reason right now why people aren't trying to secure their stuff. It's almost like they just somehow think, well, you know, our whole platform is going to grow by 50 million people. No one's going to try to hack us. Are these people getting security audits or are they crap security audits? I, that's not what I'm kind of asking. Is this something that's being ignored or, or is this something that just, by, yeah, were they, they told by, by a security firm? Yeah, yeah. Or are they told by services like this is secure and then it's not? Yeah. I mean, I think part of the issue with the, the previous one was at Parler. I think that that issue was uh, that they had services pulled and things got exposed. I don't know the details of this one, but if it was SQL injection, that that yeah. is that is actually illegal. And the people who did it broke the law. It doesn't matter if it's far right or far left or, or whatever the political opinions are. I think this one, if it's SQL injection and then, you know, an attack like that. That's a violation of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, and the FBI should be involved. Yeah, I mean, and hopefully they will get involved, right? It's never really a debate about whether it was legal or not. I think where we're at is like, why did they, you know, not secure, you know, the well, sure. No, but on the, par- <laughs> on the parlor one, I think uh, yeah, that was, was that was a scrape. Were, yeah, yeah, that was a yeah. scrape. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah, but still, though. Their security practices were like lax as well. And this goes back to like building your infrastructure in the cloud. And this has nothing to do with whether the cloud is necessarily more secure or not. I think it's just rapid development, right? Like just companies trying yep. to start yeah, something tomorrow, right? And forgetting yeah. security. It's that so, it's that rush, rush to delivery. And we've seen that play out over and over again in the industry. And the, the easier you you make it for people, to, you know, and, and when they have great motivation to get a new social media service out, for example, mm-hmm. really, really quickly, these things are going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Well, also, they don't have the firepower uh, or the budget, really, to go off and hire folks who are knowledgeable on how to secure this stuff. Like, it, I, I thought, you know, I, I'm not going down the politics road, but I thought it was neat uh, that, you know, these big tech companies were kind of on a high horse saying that, you know, the, this other company that's so much smaller and so has so much more, you know, so, so less money weren't doing all these things. Well, it seemed like that they were trying, right? And so at what point, you know, it, it's easy if you're, you know, like you know, a, you know, a Fortune 10 company to say things about how people should be doing something. Like I remember one time. Oh, my God. Uh, one time before, we, uh, I, I remember reading a, an article that all red teams should be doing full packet capture on their, uh, you know, their, their, uh, their yes. traffic. And, and I'm sitting here thinking, Oh yeah, that's cheap. Let's do that. That sounds great. Like uh, everybody can pull that off, right? Well, I mean, come on. But that gets into a, a totally different tangent. But you're right. You know, whenever you have people that are Fortune 10 companies telling you this is how you should be doing security, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as they start saying things, it's like, well, then all you do is you move your data into your data lake. Like what? You're a small <laughs> business and you're going to have like a freaking data lake. Right. And you have an Apache Spark expert, right? Because yeah. there's yeah. a dozen, right? I, so, uh, but here's it, a good question, though: should should these teams that when they do these like startups, right? Like they have you know a certain amount of set of people that they go to, like let's say start a social media company or let's just really focus on just any like tech startup tech focus right i'm not talking about like setting up a dog food store down you know down the road i'm talking about a tech company like it's just online that's what you're doing don't you think possibly like one of those guys should be a security professional or somebody to help bring you in on this that doesn't have to cost but, you know fortune one cost but that but that kind of gets to the to my main question you know, it's not like it's not like it was in '99, where people were like, "Holy crap!" The security thing just bit me on my ass. 
it, it was not a surprise or what do they call it? leopards ate my face. This uh-huh. is, I mean, if you're okay, just if you're Gab, I'm just guessing. Let's say that you're the owner of Gab. You're sitting around and you're smoking big cigars and you're drinking brandy, and you're thinking to yourself, "I just suck up. I parlor just got hacked." Hmm. Hmm. Your next thought should be something in line of, "We should really do a security audit of our platform too." Like it, it doesn't seem to be crossing. Like there's no visceral. Wow, they touched that frying pan and burnt the hell out of their hand. We should <laughs> right. not do that. It's like they're completely oblivious to everything that's going on. Yeah, but they could currently be in the procurement of hiring the security. <laughs> like, like they saw the parlor hack to like, Oh, we should go get oh. someone. They're betting right now. They've got like yeah, RFPs yeah. out to like eight different organizations. It's like our fifth and, interview. And, and let's, well, let's just say they were ready to pull the trigger on, I don't know. It was back in January. Right. And they went to a bunch of uh, penetration testing firms and were told, yeah, we can get to you in May. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, so that's it's our too. fault now. I see what it is. Uh, it is. It's not, it always <laughs> wow. comes back. It's always red versus blue. Exactly. Hey, I, I live in a house full of uh, you know women, my wife and daughters, and even the dog. So it's always my fault. I'm used to it. Yeah. I get it. Every time. Every yeah. time. <laughs> but um, old position. <laughs> but but. I want to get it out there to people that there's things you can do. Right. We should have probably talked about like Z attack proxy. Um, it's not as good as Burp, and Burp is cheap. But if you have a web service, you could. There's totally free things that you can do to help secure your system. We actually had a guy call us up. Um, it was actually a year ago. It was right when COVID was happening, and we had a call with him where he um, he needed a web app pen test, had no money, right? Like absolutely broke, running a web service for a bunch of people. Spent an hour with him, uh, just running through that attack proxy on the sales call because it wasn't a sales call at that point. As soon as the guy's like, "I've got no money, help." I'm like, okay, I'm going to help you because Vortex free consulting. Um, so we sat down and I walked him through running Z attack proxy against his website and it immediately spiked up like 23 SQL injection vulnerabilities, a whole bunch of cross-site scripting vulnerabilities. And I was like, yeah, you probably want to get that stuff fixed before you hire a pen testing firm. <laughs> and, he's, and he actually worked on it. And it wasn't that hard. He was the owner of the company. But some other tools. Um, so the next article I wanted to talk about was the Hunting Azure Blobs um, Expose Millions of Sensitive Files. And uh, this directly relates to the next one. It's the GitHub article for CyberArk uh, releasing the tool to actually do blob hunting. Now, if anybody's like wondering what blobs are on uh, Microsoft Azure, it's uh, this very, very, very large thing that goes around and it just consumes absolutely everything, almost like a huge gelatinous blade that's constantly sucking up all this. Oh, wait, no, that's Microsoft. Never mind. Uh, blobs are basically storage for unstructured data. Uh, it could be Facebook or Google, <laughs> but unstructured data. So that'd be like text and images and all kinds of different things. One of the examples in this article, I don't know if it's this article, another one where somebody was doing some similar research, was like applications that have like social security numbers, driver's license numbers, all of those different things. It's almost like, remember back in the day, BitTorrent, you could just like start searching files on people's computers and pulling things down. It's a lot like that. But they found thousands of organizations where their blobs, uh, the security settings, um, I think it like it goes from like public, semi-public, and then uh, completely with no process. There's three blobs things. are I can't pretty much like S3 things. buckets, right? They're pretty much the yes. The, I think it's the Amazon yes. S3 competitor. Yeah. So yeah, it's the Amazon S3 competitor. And here we are again 
where this exact same vulnerability that existed with Amazon now shows up Microsoft. And there is a tool that'll help you actually lock that down. But this goes back to kind of my, my thesis that there's a ton of companies out there that are so quick to try to get to market, to try to get their technology stack up and running, that they're almost doing no due diligence whatsoever to try to secure things. And also, yeah. I don't think Azure throws the warnings like Amazon does when your S3 bucket is stupid and wide open to the world. So I, I think part of the problem is, is you know, I, I started in IT back in the 90s and was a network and systems administrator for a, a good chunk of, of my life before I started doing security. And I, I, I feel like that all of those, you know, systems administrator things I learned then aren't really applicable in the cloud. And so if you're taking your, you know, your IT workforce and you're like, okay, we want to deploy this stuff into the cloud, let's go do it. And then you're working with, you don't, you don't have someone who's trained or knowledgeable in cloud technology, and they're just going to go figure it out as you're going live. I think that's a recipe for bad things to happen, right? But isn't that, isn't that the way it is with almost all cloud technologies? Like you go to Amazon's conferences and it's literally like nothing but presentation after presentation after presentation of new technologies that they're just rolling out. Yeah. And who can keep up with all that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is difficult. I mean, if you look at the list of all the different products that AWS offers and all three levels of the service, right? So managed, unmanaged, you know, as a service, I mean, all of these models, it's, it's nuts. There's hundreds in there. Half of them I haven't even touched or even looked at because, you know, it's some niche piece of some market that you might need if you're scaling up to do something. Uh, well, guess what? It's the same over at, Am- at uh, Microsoft as well. They've got the mm-hmm. same level of all kinds of products, uh, you know, Azure Blob. In case you're wondering, too, where all these, like, sensitive documents and files are coming from, it's mostly applications writing these things and then using buckets that just make sense. So it's not necessarily like a human being like, oh, this is a great way to store all these PII. No, it was a programmer who didn't think about how those permissions would interact like later on when the application is now being used actively in production more than it is just somebody like, I'll just save these here. Oh, maybe I shouldn't make it read right. Let's take all the PII and put it here. Yeah. Well, you know, whenever you look at developers and these security vulnerabilities, there's like three buckets of developers in my world for pen testing, right? So you have one group of developers, they're like those scary, scary good developers, right? Like they're just writing amazing code and they're kind of frightening. And then you have developers that know less about writing code than you do. And for me, in my case, that's absolutely terrifying. So like Ralph's talking about the APIs, they're like, but I literally copied it off of Stack Exchange and this is, uh, or Stack Overflow, and this is exactly the way it's supposed to work. And you're like, you did what? Um, so you're constantly <laughs> seeing developers kind of roll out this really, really, really horrible code. The third group of developers, I think it's far more prolific. They're the developers where there's a bunch of fen- funding people that get together. They hire a developer like, dude, we want you to build this widget. We just yeah. want to have a demo and a beta of this widget. <sighs> the developer builds this demo and is like, okay, so this is the demo system. It's pulling this data and it's doing all these things. And like, great. We're going live next week. And the developer's like, <laughs> what? You're doing what? Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah I mean, that, that has to be where half of this is coming from, right? So, like, let's say you're a company and you want to start, like, instead of bringing on people full time, be like, hey, let's work this up. Let's develop this out. You just go to some company who's like, you've got 100 developers. We want this next month, okay? Like, get this done. Yeah. And sometimes you don't go with best one of those examples right because the best one is 
super expensive and you're like, well, I priced it out in this other cheaper shop and, you know, somewhere else is going to get it done. Right. And they yeah. get you something and it works, but there's a lot more that goes into that. Right. So, yeah. So the only experience I have with uh, tech companies hiring is watching Silicon Valley, the TV show. A bunch of stallions. Each one more. That was actually a documentary. That was a documentary. But I just did a search for developer San Francisco, and there's currently 17,000 available like positions. And I, there may lot. be a lot of... There may be a lot of companies out there right now that do want to do security, but there's not the people to do security. A lot of these places, like people don't go to the office anymore, right? So there's no like centralized workplace. So you have like WeWork, you have a bunch of places where people can go and they can get their own private cubicle and all these things. So I was, I was down vacationing. I needed this document printed out and I had to have it because I need to get on an airplane and come home. And they had WeWork up above a coffee shop right across the street corner where they were doing COVID tests. I went to go print this out. I walk in, this lady's there and she's like in her mid to early 20s. And I'm like, hey, I have something off on this USB stick. How much is that? She's like, oh, sorry, this is this is for our, our customer. I'm like, great, how much is a day pass? And she's like, ah, uh, we're kind of booked for today. And I look around and it's a like, you know, Silicon Valley, you know, lots of really cool facial hair. They're bringing in their own separate monitors. Because working up in Silicon Valley or San Francisco right now, they're down vacationing and they can live on a beach in a hostel and work during the day at these WeWork places. And I'm like, okay, so you're not, you're not available today. How much for a week membership? I just need this file printed off. That's all I need. She's like, yeah, um, we're kind of booked for the week. I'm like, okay, how much is a yearly membership? I don't care. It can't be that expensive. I really <laughs> need this freaking document because I want to get back in the United States. She looks at me and she goes, um, sir? We kind of exclusively cater to a more technical clientele, um, <laughs> and and, and um, once again, they, they cater to developers. And she basically told me I was old and I could go do non-tech someplace else. So, <laughs> wow! So, so, so a lot of bad. Of course, that's when you just uh, yell to the people who are in there and say, "Hey, I'll give a hundred dollars to anybody who prints this document to me." <laughs> oh my uh, god! Should have done that. Done that, but <laughs> you talk about like Take Silicon Valley and those people. Take yeah, my USB stick. In it's safe. You're, Trust me. Yeah, God, you're so right. That would have been so bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, you just went down to to Kinko's and <laughs> yeah. John's Trans USB. Make sure it's just the Word document. Don't touch anything else. Don't don't don't. So I just need I just need to I just need to plug in this Wi-Fi pineapple. Don't worry, it's perfectly safe. I just need a power outlet so I can de-auth your entire network till the end of time. But uh, that's a whole other story. <laughs> so one thing about this article, though, and I, I've seen these, you know, in the past, right, where somebody's like, oh, well, you know, I built this tool that goes and scans every bucket or every S3, you know, all the blobs. And guess what? I found sensitive data. Every time I see this, I'm like, well, yeah, that's what would happen. And then the second thing is, why didn't I do it? Because I I already knew this was what's going to happen and it was yeah, going to be dirty. It was, yeah. And it was just like, where do I go from that in my own good conscience? How do I be like, okay, well now I got to let all these companies know that, you know, obviously this happened. Right. And you know, is it, is it good back to marketing? Yes. It's great marketing. And hopefully I'm sure that, you know, cyber, cyber let them know and stuff like that. Why I don't want to do it. Cause I already know the truth, man. I don't need yeah. to do the scan. It, it, you know, what's all funny about these things. And this is, this is gets into like the security of like cloud infrastructure and cloud service. 
is a lot of the cloud security companies for like securing AIs. It's it's literally deny listing. Like they'll find that this is what this tool does. They detect mm-hmm. this tool. If you do it manually, you do your own code. A lot of times they'll even get down to the user agent string that's used by the tool to access and they'll basically block just this thing and they charge hundreds of thousands of dollars to some companies to secure their cloud APIs whenever a lot of this crap could just be done by just setting the permissions correctly on their cloud <laughs> infrastructure. So I think it's funny yeah, how, it's you know, this tool beast is like now going to create a whole bunch of entries and a bunch of security tools that only did this thing. But it works because executives pick up the phone, they call a security company, they're like, we need a tool that's going to be able to defend us against Azure blob hunting. It's specifically this blob hunter tool. Great. <laughs> they're going to put it in. So that, so that so, tool detects this every time. I already have another tool that somebody could go and write a big blog post about. And that's the fact that on Azure, often, or it's very simple to set up SMB shares as well and open those. Oh, now, no. you might be like, oh, yeah, but it, I bet you it's more prolific. Like, I bet you there's a lot of SMB shares publicly exposed because it's it's a one-click option to expose those publicly, right? But you can use those for, you know, your web application, all this other fun stuff. So I'm sure SMB shares are all over the place as well. So, yeah. But once yeah, again, that, are you going to go hunting is. for that? Because you yeah. already know. So, well, I was going to say it sounds like an, like an evening sport, though. <laughs> <laughs> I did that one time when Shodan first came out, like you know, years ago, and you know, I saw three things, and I was just like, "Nope, all right, this is when you start breaking laws." Like, I, I gotta be, I gotta be honest. I actually got a little bit Shodan drunk. Like when Shodan first came out, <laughs> and I knew specific vulnerable like headers. Things. And I'm like, well, I wonder how like uh, how prolific this particular JBoss server. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's twenty thousand <laughs> systems. What the hell? Oh, um, and then like in my classes, I'll bring up like the do the search for VNC and images.shodan.io, and you can literally see the students in the class like start to shuffle uncomfortably in their chairs mm. whenever you have all the different like RDP sessions and VD and VNC sessions. You're like, I'm not hacking anything. These are just screenshots, but this is how bad it is on the internet. And students are like trying to like get hand sanitizer and wiping themselves <laughs> down. They're like, it's all so dirty. <laughs> Yeah, it is. You see the one student who runs out of the uh, the, the room, like calling on, on the phone to like call back. <laughs> right? Have any of you guys ever tried calling these companies? Have any of you ever found a company that was wide open and vulnerable and picked up the phone and tried to talk to that company about securing their crap? I, I always feel like the conversation is going to go like immediately immediately to one disbelief like you're you're trying yeah. to fish us for something and or then two, you broke the law like yeah uh, yeah two yep. two you you are the reason that we have this right like you are at fault yep right? and then uh the third one is you know you can't extort us for any money we're not going to pay you for this information right so it's like all yeah. three of those emotions and immediately so that's why yeah, so, so isn't that premise though i mean that premise is is under 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 what is the word I'm looking for? It, it, under the, by the default assumption that I think we have, that is, if we make that call, we're going to encounter somebody who doesn't really have a handle on security, right? And so when we've been in that situation as, as professional pen testers before, which we have plenty of times, the default reaction is always anger and denial, right? <laughs> it, it's always yep. like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you tell me well, my Josh. baby is up? 
<laughs> Joff, do you remember that company we were testing? They actually moved to Arizona and they they got you access to their elk dashboard and you were looking at an attack that was coming in. I don't know if you remember this at all. I don't know if I ever told you the whole story. But you were doing some forensics and you were kind of looking at their elk stack and you just did a search for a union select and it's like, yeah, you're getting attacked a lot from this IP address. Well they were all over um, the place. <laughs> they were all over the place. But there was one set of IP addresses that was attacking more than others, and that was a university. So we the the customer found who the IT administrator was for that university and they gave me the phone number and they're like, John, you call him. So I picked up the phone oh, and called this this guy. And it was, it, you know, you always got, it's like you're approaching a wild, deadly animal. It's like, <laughs> hi, I, my name is John Strand. I need you not to panic, but your network is actively attacking one of my customer networks. And I'm not trying to sell you anything. I don't want to make any money. I'm going to help you out with this. It's going to be all right. And when I called this guy, the guy's like, wait, John Strand? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'm taking SANS 504 on demand from you right now. And I'm like, well, that's oh. customer service, man. <laughs> um, oh. but, but that was that was the only time. That is it. Out of like the 10, 15 that I've done, that is literally the only time where they didn't threaten to sue us or ignored us completely. Yeah. You that's why I only do authorized pen tests. That's why you only do authorized pen tests. Because the alternative is jail, actually. Well, so Okay, so you found something like accidentally or curiosity, and then you're like, oh, then you go through that process. And so, you know, how do you do that? And I mean, honestly, in this situation where I do come across that and I've already walked the line, I'm like, this is serious. Yeah, I'm going to disclose it. I'm going to let them know. But I'm yeah. going to avoid putting myself in a you know ambulance chasing position to just you know yeah. have to save somebody's life. You know. Well, in, in other words, don't be a jerk too, right? Like <laughs> you know, be careful. Don't be a jerk. First, see if they have a bug bounty program. If they yeah. have a bug bounty program, go through that bug bounty program. And if they don't, always do that initial contact, not from your personal email. Ever like create a disposable email account, go through proxies and let them know that way and try to be nice. Don't be a jerk with your with your with your language that you have in the email. Like I said, you're approaching a wild, deadly animal that can kill you. Be very, very careful how you how you get that. And if they're really jerks, walk away. It's okay. It's astounding how much that happens in regular life, too. Believe it or not, when we're not being pen testers, we're like regular citizens and we're using people's broken right you know i came across one and i'm not gonna i've been doing this awesome workout program lately and i'm very excited i'm getting in shape but this tracking app that's a web and i looked oh, at it no. and like guys you know this you you know that when when you see some applications you can just smell that it's broken the minute you see it right i mean oh yeah if you look oh, at yeah. the app and it feels like it was built in 2005 <laughs> oh, you know that's going to be yeah, exactly oh yeah you look at that copyright and you're like oh 2001 oh shoot so oh, like no. i'm not going to call anybody out but it's just like and and it gives you that data into this thing kind of feeling yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's anyway. not good i it's i had that good. i had that happen with a, a pool automation i have like a little pool remote can wi-fi thing you know like it just so you can turn a couple knobs you know actuators and it's online right well, there's a code, right, for everyone's little, you know, device, like a unique identifier. But the unique identifier is not that many numbers. And um, <laughs> there's also a default password, right? So you have the option. So 
you could just start changing the number and next thing you know, you got everyone's pool. And so the next step was like, well, what else could you do? Because that's an API, right? Like that obviously is talking to a device who can interface with yeah. the system. Right. I stopped there. And you're already authenticated. Right? I, yeah. I, I well, didn't go any further. David, but I can tell you right now, I guarantee you that if you were to authenticate to that device, you could compromise the controller, which in turn means you would compromise their network, right? Because now you're in their network. It's most yeah. likely in the same LAN. I mean, you can see where this goes. It's 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 a pretty fast well, escalation. And that gets into like, even when we're hired, David was on a test with a with an auto manufacturer that had something very, very similar to that, where once you authenticated, uh, you were considered authenticated, and then you could brute force your, your identifier. It wasn't your session ID, um, but it was basically your user identifier. Leave your session ID the same, and you could access a whole bunch of other people's like cars, right? Mm-hmm. And this was supposed to be a pen test. I think it was supposed to be for like three, four weeks for this one web portal. And it was funny because what the customer did is like said immediately, stop, you're done. That's it. Good job. We really appreciate it. We now need you to spend the next two weeks talking to our attorneys and signing all of this non-disclosure, which we already did for the pen <laughs> test. But, but the, the, I, I really get the feeling sometimes with some, whenever you find those types of vulnerabilities, they're like, great, that's awesome. Stop. Don't go any further. You haven't found the real skeletons in the closet. <laughs> that, that's actually what happened to me on an API test back in, was it November, I think? Uh, I found uh, enumeration. I can get into a bunch of customer data. They're like, oh, yeah, I, that, okay, you're good. Yep. good job. Time to be done. Great job. You won. <laughs> well, you, hey, you. We you won. You all had a rock. We've all had experiences. <laughs> I, I, the yeah. ones I don't like have to pick up the phone and go, um, you have a really big problem. <laughs> I don't like those companies. Well, you, you called a customer a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, basically, say, a couple of weeks ago, ago where you basically told them, this needs to be taken down now. Yeah, my exact, <laughs> it's not my exact, like- my exact words were, were, you have to take this off the internet right now. <laughs> yeah. And they, yeah, it was and, that and they did that. And you know, and people do that denial thing, like what? What? I was no, like, okay, it's not that me, bad. We've been using this for years. There's never been a problem. Let me let me repeat that sentence. You need to take this <laughs> off the internet right now. Uh, but they I were heard, cool. They were a cool one. So another uh, this uh, one goes off. Stuff of like that does happen. Stuff like that does happen. Yep. You know? uh, off our last newscast, we talked about vCenter, and, and that became pretty prolific, right? Um, just recently, there was a lot of quickly. Uh, Yes, quickly. Well, and that a lot escalated, of people getting that those, escalated those quickly. Kind of, yeah, a lot of people getting those phone calls, right? Uh, you need to take this off the internet now, like th- not tomorrow, like today, right? But you know, yeah, here we are. Yep. All right. Well, yeah. let's wrap it up, folks. Let's do it. So, I want to say thank hey, you very much for everybody that listened to us, like hang out and talk about stuff live. Thank you so much for the guest hosts or the co-hosts let's go with co-hosts i like that that sounds better and yeah, much better um and we will be back i think it's monday so i think wednesday we'll be back with the next episode